for our sponsor, Dog Overboard Adamstown, the fun and healthy place for dogs. Pet Chat on your pet-friendly radio station, 2NURFM 103.7. Oh, welcome. Yes, we are back. 13 past 12 and a big hello to Cheryl Shaw, lovely joining us, Cheryl. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. And we've got uh, Dr. Kimberly Earl. Now, we nearly had Dr. David Tabret, <laughs> but we had we had two vets. I was hoping for a vet off, but no, a Kimberly. A double up. Yeah, double up. Yes. <laughs> you know, double price of the money. You could have buzzed in with the answers, but look, we've got Kimberly here. Lovely to have you as always, Kimberly. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Now, Cheryl, what are we going to chat about in just a couple of minutes? The Delta Society, the wonderful job they do. Pam Withers, hello. Hello. <laughs> we're so pleased we you're here. Oh, you went missing, but we've got you here, which is fantastic. Now, Pam, you're the um, the society, the Delta Society coordinator for the Hunter Newcastle branch, but we've got some exciting news to tell everybody about what's actually happening this year. Um, this is the twentieth year for Delta Society National, and they're celebrating that. It's a wonderful, wonderful achievement for the community. Can you tell us a little bit about what Delta does? Uh, yes, yes. It is our 20th anniversary and we've been going in Newcastle for 18 years. Um, well, we visit nursing homes, drug alcohol rehabilitation centres, schools, libraries, uh, anywhere that, we, that um, animals will enhance their quality of the people's lives. Okay, and it is well documented that pet therapy is really good for health. I like to call it pat and chat. <laughs> That's a great name. It is a great name. I actually, I, I, I do like that. I've used it a few times. Oh, well, that's good, Pam. I'm, I'm really pleased because there is a quote that I use of yours. So, you know, we're equal now. So, um, and it's been going for 18 years in Newcastle. During that time, um, how many volunteer dogs do you now have? At the moment, I have 80, uh, 85 volunteers. Uh, I have more dogs than I have volunteers because some volunteers have um, three or five dogs. Um, so it, it's, uh, it, we've got a, quite a few dogs. So for this to continue, you're obviously always looking for both volunteers and, um, and if people were interested, if they've got a little bit of time to spare, how would they go about getting in contact and becoming involved in Delta? Okay, well, the dog's got to be 18 months of age or 10 or under, be of good health, have a nice personality and obedience trained. Um, they could go online to www.deltasociety.com.au and have a look at the YouTube of the assessment and if they think they could, could um, meet the criteria, um, they can then fill out the app online application form. We, we um, desperately do need volunteers. Of the demand for facilities is way outnumbering the the amount of dogs that I have. Um, also, that if you um, if, if you can volunteer, it, uh, we ask that you either volunteer weekly or fortnightly at the very least. And um, I would definitely really, really be able to use people that um, don't work and that would be like to go to um, schools or um, the nursing homes during the week. I have a lot of volunteers that um, give up their weekends where because they work, they give up their weekend and go and volunteer at the nursing homes, but I do need weekly ones during the week. So Pam, what's involved in being a volunteer? Uh, as I said, the dog's got to 
um, be able to solicit pats. Now, I don't know too many dogs that don't like to solicit pats. Yeah. I love them. So, and, Pam, that's... And a good example will be this weekend, we'll be at um, Charlestown Square selling tickets in our um, Christmas toy raffle and our dogs will be on display and I can tell you they will solicit pets there. That's great. So that's what you need from the pets. But, I mean, what if people want to volunteer? What do you need from them rather than the, the dogs? Because you've got enough at the moment by the sounds of it. No, no, I've got to have people and dogs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, um, we can't have the dogs without the people because really the people are only the chauffeurs. Yes, that's right. Oh, sorry, I misunderstood. Yeah. I thought you had too many dogs for, for volunteers. Yeah. My oh, mistake. No, 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 no. It, it, it's strange, but um, 99% of the time the the residents or the um, the people don't know the volunteer's name, but they sure know the dog's name. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's lovely. And, and Pam, when's the next assessment day for people to be getting involved? Um, hopefully we're trying to arrange one around about April or May. Yeah, because this is a really good opportunity for people who are looking to do something in the new year. Often people start planning a new venture or a new activity they want to do. This is something that if they did have some spare hours, they might be able to, you know, get online now, have a look at what's involved and Yeah, and, involved. and this work. Yeah, yeah. And have a look at the, you know, the YouTube and if they see, oh, yeah, my dog's not quite up to that standard, they've got time now to work on it. Yeah. Well, I really believe that this program is excellent. I mean, it cuts down so many barriers for people because sometimes people can't speak with, you know, um, other people. They, they feel a little bit awkward. But when a dog's involved, they certainly can, um, you know, sort of come across and do that padding and, and just feel a lot healthier and a lot happier by doing that. Yeah, and look, we may know, or the dog may be the only person that that, um, uh, that, that resident has seen or spoken to in the whole week or some in some cases months or years they don't get visitors at all yeah. and the dog is their only means of communication with the outside world so it really is it's so very very important the other thing pam i know that um i'm a sponsor for harley as as you know the, uh, yeah. um, as a delta dog um it, are people able to donate and become sponsors still and, and yes, how do they go can, about yes, that yeah um they can go online uh and they can fill out an application for the red banner um, a program, uh, or they can make um, uh, uh, contact me and make direct um, uh, donations towards the branch. Um, we're, and we're out and about uh, in most shopping centres every every now and again. We're either um, having a display or um, a, a raffle because we have to make our own um, funding. And next year in um, April, we're going to have um, another dog walk at Crowders Bay on the 8th of April. It's a market day, come dog walk. Um, we'll have bands. We'll have the, hopefully have the puppets there again this year. It's a big day. Yvonne from Gorakin, we've got you on the line. Now, you've got a question for Dr. Kimberly Earl. Your 12-month-old cat's doing something a little bizarre. <laughs> yes, um, he seems to want to um, snuggle on one of my other cats. Um, she's not the mother of the of the twelve month old, and she's never had a litter. And um, but he just seems to find comfort in um, lying against her and wanting to suckle on her. So 
Um, and I think the other cat doesn't seem to mind, but it just seems to be that it's been un- unusual for me. That was all. Yeah. So was your your twelve month old cat? Was it a cat that was um, separated from its mother early, or was it you know a normal sort no, of seven to eight week no. age? Okay. No, no. She was about seven weeks when she came to us. Yep. And and so, you had and the was- older cat in place at that time. Yes, she was. Yeah. We already had her first. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, it's probably um, a bit of a misdirected, you know, sort of we've got a new cat kitten coming in and um, he's lost his mother, he she's lost his mother um, and then there's a, a suitable replacement there and they've just sort of buddied up as a, as a real pair. And that's actually a really nice thing that they've bonded really well because certainly the ve- veterinary behaviourists will tell us that um, cats that don't groom each other don't really, they might tolerate each other but they don't really consider themselves to be part of the same cat family. And if she's, if the, if the older cat is allowing the young one to suckle, um, although he doesn't obviously need to do that and, and he's not getting nutrition from it, but it's obviously a comfort thing or probably a comfort thing from it. We, we do find it happens in kittens that are hand-reared or kittens that are taken away from their mums really early oh, more okay. as a displacement, yeah. which is why I was asking about that. Um, if the older cat is tolerating it and the younger cat is not causing problems, I have seen some where they're so vigorous in their suckling and things that they can actually cause skin abrasions and swelling and things like that. Um, but if it's not doing that, then it's probably not you know super problematic. It is. It's most mm-hmm. likely to be some sort of a um, an anxiety releasing you know comfort sort of thing that he's doing, and he may or may not grow out of it. Um, it's a little hard to say. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. No, it's just that um, they they do they they lick each other and 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 groom each other all the time and 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 there's I've got more than two cats and yeah. it's just that um, they all seem to get into a, a circle sometimes and and groom each other sort of thing and oh, um, but good. this but this particular one just wants to to snuckle on her so yeah. but okay then well if she's she doesn't look like she's sort of um, uh, stressed Suffering. in any sort of way she's not sort of getting any um, sore or anything from it but um, and he just finds comfort I suppose so yeah, and it sounds like yeah. you have a fairly peaceable cat kingdom there happening so that's mm. good <laughs> better than they the alternative <laughs> they, all, they all get on well together except for um, uh, I have a 17 year old and he seems to be the cranky one about yeah. them all but um, you can't go near him but uh, no they, all, they get on really well together oh, that's Aww, good. Excellent. that is lovely thank you so much for the call it sounds like uh, my, my family Gizmo who who's 12 tolerates the kids until he's just had enough at the end of the day mm. and it's like right Gizmo's you know he needs time out now yeah. he's older just done he needs special care 49216216 we are taking your calls today for pet chat we love to hear from you and in just a couple of minutes Kimberly we're going to uh have a look today at summer safety because on Friday it's meant to be quite hot we'll probably hit the 30s okay. and we do need to think about our pets for summer absolutely summertime is a is a long season for us and sometimes really really hot and a lot of our pets can suffer and get into some trouble so we'll just have a bit of a chat about that and see what we can do to help keep them comfortable beautiful looking forward to that and i believe we've got another caller on the line now hello you're uh ann from warners bay you've got a question about your dog yes i do i have a um, six-year-old cattle dog and um she's we're very well behaved i guess plenty of exercise but just recently, she's wanting to come inside more, and when she gets inside, we can't get her out. Because she she's not really a house dog, but at night time, when we've had dinner, we let her in for a little while until we go to bed. And when I go to put her out, 
she doesn't want to go. She goes and she hides in another room or she gets all grumbly. Okay. Um, my husband last night had to actually pick her up to put her out. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm just wondering, has she got a problem? Is there something not quite right? Well, I mean, it sounds like she may be, obviously she's comfortable in the house and it may be that she's um, feeling less anxious or she's feeling safer inside where she's got some cover over top of her and it may be that uh, depending on what her location is like outside, if she's sort of exposed to um, the sky and the elements, it may be that she doesn't feel very comfortable or very safe outside. Um, certainly at this time of year when we and we haven't had any thunderstorms recently, but you it's know, been a thunder few around, and, yeah, mm, and there's fireworks and different things like that can make animals um, more anxious. And it may be that she's had a recent experience that you know she was outside in the dark and not feeling very safe and um, and has gotten a bit of an anxiety about that. Um, I would well, I mean, she has like a she's we we call it she's got a day bed. Yep. But it's under it's under a pagola mm-hmm. and she has a she has a, a beautiful Anka Kalinga blanket to lay on. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's always been outside. Yeah. She's always been an outside dog. But just recently, um, when she comes in now, she gets in that little bed in in the house yep. that she lays on. She just does not want to go. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's likely either that she's feeling more comfortable inside, it's warm, she likes her little curled up bed, or that there's something outside that's causing her a little bit of um, anxiety. And and I would look at maybe uh, trying her, you know, getting her a crate where she's actually fully enclosed in something with some solid sides. It can can be a wire crate um, that you put a heavy blanket on, so it feels like it's solid sided, but that might make her feel a little bit more comfortable. We, We certainly do know that anxiety issues issues in dogs get worse as they get older so they're less able to control their anxiety um, and things sometimes start to magnify a little bit so depending on how old she is and and it it really only takes one bad experience that might have been completely innocuous to you you may not have even noticed that anything went wrong but in her head she's replaying that over and over and something about being outside late at night um, or or in the dark is is making her a bit worried so um, there are medications or or different pheromone things that can be used to your your regular vet about it and have her checked out maybe she's got arthritis and it's you know we haven't had very many hot nights late uh you know yet this this summer so maybe she's feeling a little bit stiff and sore and likes the comfy bed inside as well now dr kimberly earl it is getting closer to summer we're only days away and it's certainly getting warmer me too look friday friday should really feel like summer at this stage saturday i have a pool party to go to on saturday so i'm hoping saturday is nice and warm you're pulling out the bikinis are we no but it should still be fun the kids oh, will, will be fun super pool, fun pool parties are the best yeah yeah so look we love summer yeah. um but our pets sometimes don't if we're not doing the right things for them that's right so it's just really easy sometimes for us to forget about looking after our pets because we're all very good at thinking about ourselves making sure we're drinking enough water and putting sunscreen on um but all the same things that can affect us can affect our pets as well so in particular um i guess dogs are the ones that tend to be out and about in the sun you know more often maybe mm. than cats cats are pretty good at finding their own shade or being inside um, in the in the you know air conditioning things like that so the things we need to think about for our pets so certainly we have a lot of staffies in this country who just love to sunbake they get out in the sun they lie on their back they're they're little blonde or 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 pink bellies they throw them up to the sun um, and we really need to think very hard about protecting them um, because we see a lot of sun cancer and and solar dermatitis um, in these dogs so if you have a dog who's a sun baker and particularly if they have really light colored skin um, making sure you're getting a a dog safe sunscreen and applying it daily if they're outside 
Um, certainly, if you can get your pet to lie in the shade, that's better for them. But we, we see a lot of um, these, particularly staffies seem to just love to do it. They, they will actively seek out sun to lie in, um, and it's to their own detriment. And obviously, we can't teach them that they should be lying. I mean, we can teach them, but we can try. But if they have a preference for sun, it can be a, a big problem. Kimberly, did you say sunscreen for our dogs? Absolutely. Sunscreen for your dogs. Yep, definitely. Um, and some dogs won't tolerate it or it's too much to cover their whole body or their whole tummy in it. So you can get sun-safe suits. You can zip them into little sun-safe suits as okay. well. Um, right. Some people will just be able to lock them onto a, a veranda that's covered over, that sort of thing. Providing water, obviously, is really, really key, but fresh water as well. And, and realizing that on a hot day, particularly if your dog is active, their water consumption will go up dramatically. So it might not be enough just to have a little bowl. You may need to actually have a couple, you know, bowls or buckets or whatever out of yeah, water, which yeah, is really good. Yeah, a couple of options. Um, and changing them daily, because if they get really full of muck and you know, leaves and hair, a lot and of stuff bacteria like that. growing in then, the heat. Yeah, I mean, dogs they, they'll drink it, but you know, they, a lot of dogs will prefer fresh sort of water. Um, brachycephalic dogs. This is a term we hear um, quite a lot. Squashy face dogs. So we have a lot of them, and at the moment, pugs and Frenchies. They're very common mm. and very popular bulldogs, yep. Australian and British bulldogs, and things like that. Um, these dogs really can suffer to the point that it's life threatening in oh, summertime. Wow. Okay, so hopefully, people who have these dogs have done a bit of research they understand what the risks are but not everybody um not everybody has done that um dogs need to pant to be able to cool themselves and if you're a squashy faced dog um, you have a, a fairly big mouth but a very big tongue and that actually doesn't allow a lot of air to pass through in terms of panting and they often have these very little um, wind pipes and so it can be really really hard and these dogs really struggle to, to lose enough heat through panting um, in addition a lot of them are very stocky you know um, barrel shaped sort of mm. dogs and so their, their surface area ratio is actually lower compared to um, something like a chihuahua or a, a sleek greyhound and so they maintain their body heat um, a lot better and if you're breathing through very little tiny tight nostrils and a little tiny airway and you're a stocky dog and maybe you're a little uh, overweight because a lot of them are and then you've been taken for a walk and the day's gotten hot um, it is not uncommon for these dogs literally to collapse mid-exercise um, and some of them will survive and some of them won't so really really important if you are the owner of a squashy face breed a make sure you've been to your vet had them checked out there are lots of fairly easy surgical procedures we can do to help these guys breathe and that can be a life-saving procedure okay. for them yep but we have to do it when they're stable. We can't do it as an emergency procedure. So you're better off to do it's it earlier rather than later. Okay. Yeah, preventative. Um, so have them checked out by your vet. Can we make their breathing better? Can we make their breathing easier? Don't exercise them on a hot day and certainly don't exercise them in the heat of the day. They need to be um, exercised morning and evening and they really should be in air conditioning um, You know, during the, the, the hot part of the day and particularly on a hot day. Mm. Um, keeping their weight down, really important for all of our, our dogs, but keeping their weight down in these guys really makes a difference. They don't only accumulate fat on the outside of their skeleton. They will accumulate fat on around the neck and the structures of their blood vessels and their organs and their, their breathing tubes and that really can, can keep the heat on. So Kim that's really important. Kimberly, what's the advice for people that um, don't allow their pets inside on those really, really hot days? Yeah. Um, 
shade. Um, yep. If you, you know, definitely shade, water, um, minimize exercise, um, and and sometimes, like I say, you have to force shade. Sometimes you have to just not permit them to be down in an area where they yep. have grass and make it as um, cool as possible. Cool as possible. You know, you can run a fan if if you've got the option, an electric fan or something. Um, some of these dogs will will go and if you like, put a little pool of water. Water can be a really yeah. good coolant, so yep. that can be helpful. Um, or giving them a bit of a, a, a hose down or, or mm. you know spritz down that kind of thing Fantastic. can be really helpful. Um, some people will freeze blocks of ice and put a little bit of um, low salt chicken stock or something into it and give them a big ice cube to suck on or to play with. That can too. be helpful. It's a temporary um, a temporary fix, but obviously. The other thing I'm hoping everybody knows about um, cars. Let's not put our dogs, our pets in cars. Hot cars, it only takes a few minutes um, for those cars to get really, really hot and those dogs um, really suffer and, and many dogs die every year from you know being locked in cars inadvertently or on purpose. Um, leaving the windows down a crack is not good enough. Okay, If you have to leave your dog in a car, um, then they need to have the windows all the way down. You need to have through and through airflow. It's, it's not good enough just to leave them a crack because you're still going to end up with a heat stroke dog. And heat stroke as a medical condition is really difficult. We can bring them back to a normal body temperature um, and so you can have a dog that presents to me collapse and they're in heat stroke and we put them on IV fluids and treat them for shock and things like that and we can get them down to a normal body temperature. Unfortunately, sometimes the damage is already done and two to three days later they go into organ failure mm. and they die anyway because we've literally cooked their Terrible. organs. So it's really important. Um, rabbits and guinea pigs, if you have rabbits and guinea pigs outside, they do not tolerate heat stress very well at all. They will die at the drop of a hat. So again, frozen water bottles, you, you will find if you make some frozen water bottles up and replace those um, you know, a couple times a day on a hot day, they'll lie over top of them, drape themselves, but they definitely need shade because they will die. And I guess if you can get them inside, even on the tiles somewhere... Absolutely. I mean, we know yeah. how hot we get on yeah, the really, right. really scorching Australian sure. summer days. Yeah. So, yeah, if yep. you can, do it. Uh, thank you, Kimberly. We're going to go to a call now. 49216216. Robert, you've got a question about your daughter's dog. Yes, hi, Kimberly. Um, my do- I don't have a um, breed of dog. It's a huge dog. I okay. will be when it grows up. Yeah. I think they go to about 80 kilos when they're fully grown. Okay. Um, beautiful dog. But you and he's like a little pony already. He's six months old, six to eight months old. And but the problem is, he get, as soon as he gets excited, uh, if you go to let him in, um, he is, loses control of his bladder. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. So, and he's six months old. You think? Yeah, between six and eight months old. Yeah, okay. Listen, I mean, often at that time um, of their life, it is often a a key learning period for these guys. Um, Sometimes it's just the excitement and and he hasn't got good control. I mean, a lot of these dogs will forget, you know, they hear the car coming home and they forget to, I might have a full bladder, but they're they're so excited to see their people. They're they're approaching you with a full bladder and then it just sort of comes out. Um, Some of them will be showing submission as well and they'll be doing a bit of, you know, roll over onto my back and have a little wee and I'm sort of showing you a bit of submission for it. Um, most of them will outgrow that. It is usually a, um, an age-related phase that we tend to see, and I would hope that by um, you know maybe ten months of age it would outgrow that. Um, yep. It can be you can sort of help in terms of. Um, not encouraging it, I guess, by we always sort of talk to people about staying really, really calm about, you know, with the dog when you're coming home um, and and greeting them. So don't pay them any attention. Don't talk to them, um, particularly if you're coming through the house, something like that. Get them straight outside. Give them the opportunity um, to toilet or at least get them outside where you're not having to clean up a mess and then greet them because it's, it's a lot um, easier on the outside. But ideally, you want to try to encourage them to, to always... 
um, doing their ears outside rather than inside and if we just try to keep them everything really calm till he's had the opportunity to do that and then get all excited and um, and if you think it's a submissive thing then just making sure we're not not um, punishing or discouraging and we really want to just ignore oh, yeah, it, it. yeah it doesn't seem to be a submissive thing because he, he doesn't roll over anything. Yeah, good, um, okay. But he'll, he'll do it inside or out. But, yeah. Um, if I just walk out to him to, to give him a pat or yeah. give him a feed, because yeah. um, I'm mining at the moment, he just he just starts urinating everywhere. And, yeah, okay. And, and he just can't help it. He just, wherever he is, it's yeah. just... It may be it may be helpful to um, to just go back to a little bit of puppy training. Give him a command word that you know mutually agreed upon command word that everybody uses the same word, um, and work on trying to get him to to urinate on command. Lots of dogs will do that, and that yep. means that when you go outside, the first thing you can do would be to sort of you know give him his command like you know toilet or whatever you're going to say. Get him to do that so he's emptying himself, and then um, and then you can you know carry on with your day playing and things like that. So often it often it just takes these guys that they're not emptying themselves completely and and they've got a bit of overflow happening too. Thanks, Robert. <laughs> Having a quick look at the weather, it's all thanks to our sponsor, Snap Freeze Air Conditioning, your Dakin specialists. Remaining cloudy this afternoon and there's a 40% chance of showers and possibly thunderstorms this afternoon also. Look, I think we've got time for one more call. Uh, we've got Tom. Now, Tom, your dog is obsessed with drinking pool water. Hello. Hi, how are you going? Hello, we're doing good. So you've got a dog who's drinking pool water? Yes, it's uh, not a saltwater pool, it's chlorine. <laughs> yes, uh, he's got a fresh bowl of water there every day, but he prefers to just drink out the pool, and I just wonder if it's doing him any harm. Um, that's, a, that's a hard question I don't entirely know the answer to. So he's going there preferentially to his water bowl, not just when he's sort of excited or had a big run around? No, no, he'll, he'll just, he'll, he prefers the pool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's interesting. I mean, certainly lots of dogs will drink, will drink saltwater pool water, chlorine pool water. Um, I guess chlorine, if he's drinking a lot of it, potentially his electrolytes, you know, you could get his electrolytes um, out. But I, my, my general feeling is if he's a healthy dog and he's got normal, you know, bowel motions, he's not getting diarrhea from it and he's um, normal and active in eating and, and he's not vomiting, it's probably not doing him too much, um, you know, too much harm. Um, I'd be concerned if you had a dog who was unwell or the other thing would be if he gets unwell and subsequent to that you know if he's if he's vomiting and then he's starting to drink a lot of water to try to um make up the gap uh, in his fluid so you know they'll often dogs who are sick they're vomiting and diarrhea they will try to drink more water to maintain their hydration in that instance if he was fluid um loading with that pool water then he could probably get his electrolytes way off base and that could be a concern um, it may be that he likes the temperature better. Maybe his small bowl or bucket is, is heating up and he's not liking it. Um, so it's, it's a bit of an interesting question. I think as long as he's doing well, I wouldn't get too worked up about it. But certainly um, for a dog who's, if he was to have a bout where he wasn't well, um, then we need, to, we need to be watching that carefully. Very good. Thank you very much, Tom. And look, that is all we've got time for today. Uh, Cheryl Shaw, Dr. Kimberly Earl, thank you both for coming in. Thank you. Lovely thank you. as always. Pet Chat back same time next week. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>